right, here we go. Hour number four for this Friday morning here on First Up. Karolnik and Koliakovo. The McDonald's has arrived. Our it friends has dropped. At Mickey D's dropping off a large order of McMuffins, of hash browns. Can you hear that? Oh, Al's brother is making his way up from downtown. <laughs> He'll be here in 10 minutes. Is it bad that I eat... During the show. Yes. Yes, like, it is. Like, I know we have to talk for the next 15 mm-hmm. minutes, mm-hmm. but... I could talk. I got things to discuss. Is it bad if I'm, like, eating while I'm... Well, because, like, how do I stare at these McMuffins for 10 minutes without biting into them? It's called restraint. It's hard. Yeah, it's difficult, listen. I got one sitting right here. There's some hash browns. I can only imagine what cheese and 20 fingers are doing. Yeah, like... Absolute they, damage. They brought in, like, four bags. There's... Sausage, bacon, and egg McMuffins. There's yeah. hash browns. There's Thanks to, thank you to McDonald's. Thank I you got to McDonald's. a McMuffin, and the rest of the bags are gone. Yes. And those two meatheads are in the back behind the screen, diving into the other what's left over. Cheese was running in here like he was Donovan Bailey in 1996 at the Olympics in Atlanta. This yeah. guy was sprinting. He was running world record times for the 100 meters once that McDonald's yeah. came in. And I believe it's something about free brekkie is something that... See, here's, wow. here's the thing. You've not been working in sports media long enough to understand how exciting it is for people in this building here at TSN for free food. Like, I guarantee you, and you haven't seen The Last of Us, or let's use The Walking Dead as an example. You know, like, you have the smell of, like, human flesh. Fresh blood? Fresh blood, exactly. Yeah. That's what, like, f- food does in this building. You're going to have people sauntering over, oh, what's going on here? And I heard, I heard Brian Hayes when they had, I think, was it Pizzaville or... Oh, it was Boston, Boston Pizza. Pizza. Boston Pizza. There was a, a, a food drop, and Brian made a great point. He's like, even Sportsnet employees are coming over <laughs> to, find some, to find the free food here. He's spot Look on. Look at these two. Like, they are just the, absolutely the, Just behind the scenes, food. they're looking at us with the chewing in their face moving. So, Carlo, take another bite here because we it's time for us to announce our winner for Reveal that. that Raptor. Congratulations to Madison Brotman from Toronto. Bang, congrats. You won a pair of tickets to see the Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls next week. That is actually on Monday, I believe, the 28th, plus the free $100 gift card and signed Raptors merchandise to celebrate the new Siakam Swirl McFlurry, or as the CNN anchor calls him, Shaquem. I don't know Shaquem. what I'm more excited about, the person that just won or the fact that i got to take a bite out of this sandwich because it was dynamite. Take another bite, buddy. We're giving away Raptors tickets here go. on First Up every week, all season long. Listen to our podcast every Thursday. Listen to it every day, but especially Thursday for an hourly clue to the identity of a current or former Raptor. Once you know the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win a winner announced every Friday. I did mention, Coco, Today is the anniversary of the gold medal game between Canada and the U.S. at Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. I want to read you the forward lines for Canada in that game. First line, Steve Iserman, Mario Lemieux, Paul Correa. Second line, Iginla, Sakic, Simone Gagne. Man, I loved Simone Gagne. I remember Gagne. that line. That was a very controversial line because of San, uh, Simone Gagne's He's a kid. Uh, He's basically, pick, pick for that team. Yeah, he was very young, and man, did he ever show up. The third line, Theo Fleury, Joe Neuendijk, Brendan Shanahan. The fourth line with Eric Lindros, Owen Nolan, and Mike Pekka. 
on the fourth line for Shanahan that team. Shanahan played on that team. Shanahan yeah. played on that team in 2002. How about oh. their D? Your boy, Ed Jovanovsky. Jovokop. And Eric Brewer rotating Brew? on D. Yeah, Brew. Oh, my God. With Rob Blake, you had Scott Niedermeyer with Adam Foote, Chris Pronger, and Al McInnes. And, of course, you had Marty Brodeur as your goalie. Like, that is just an obscene team. And every Canadian Olympic team is obscene. What pains me the most is watching the highlights last night, and you had the Mario Lemieux, the pronger pass to Paul Correa, where Lemieux lifted his leg up and they scored. One of the greatest goals I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. And Joe Sackett had such an amazing game that evening against the Americans. But, like, Olympic hockey, international hockey, how we're still... (laughs) We've been deprived of it for so long. It's absurd. It is... Ridiculous, and it angers me to no end. I want to see McDavid and McKinnon and Crosby playing together. It would be so incredible for everybody in the hockey world. Come on, we got to figure it out. Help me relive that tournament. That tournament started off rough with Canada because I believe Cujo started the tournament with Pat Quinn as a coach. Pat Quinn was the coach. Got lit up in the first game by Sweden. So. If you recall back in 98, that was when Gretzky was left off. They lost to the Czechs in the shootout. And Gretzky was running the operation four years later. Had retired and was the general manager of the team. And, I mean, it was an all-star team, basically. That's what it was. That's what it always is with Canada. But there was a lot of divisiveness in the country. And politics behind it. Oh, is Gretzky running the team? Really? Like, guy just retired. And, I mean, he picked a hell of a team. They won. It wasn't exactly a blowout game in, in the gold medal game either. The Americans were right there. Yeah. That was a hell of a team wasn't by the that Americans, the too. that year where Sweden lost to Belarus on the goal by Rusland Oh, was that the, 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 the Tommy Salo goal? Tommy Salo goal. Oh, like, like half in from, like the, from, the, other, ice. from the other side of the ice. Yeah. Yeah, think, that's a very I think famous that was. Because Sweden, I think, upset Canada in, in game one. And then right away... Pat Quinn made the change. Pat Quinn. From Cujo to Brodeur, and ultimately that led Cujo to leave Toronto that summer (laughs) to go to Detroit. So, yeah. Look at these, like, Iserman, Lemieux, Korea. What a line. It's just so cool to see how that played out. I watched a lot of the highlights last night, man. That was just incredible to watch. And Brewer. I I love it. Your boy Brew. You played with him in St. Louis, right? I did, yeah. I did. I couldn't believe that he played on the Olympic team. <laughs> Sometimes you see names like Rob Zaminer, for instance. Yeah. Chris Kunitz, an Olympian. Sometimes you get lumped in with, you know, like Brewer and I don't know who he would have been a, like, a partner with. Like, obviously, well, Pronger, McKinnis. Like, you remember when they had the, the line of Marlowe, Heatley, Joe Thornton? In the Olympics, that would have been that was, two, that, that was in Vancouver. That would have been in 2010. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was the line that they had together in San Jose. So they just brought them together. And you wonder, bringing us to the NHL, Patrick Kane and Max Domi, the way they've been playing lately, would there be a similar well, Max inclination not making any Olympics? No, no, no. I'm talking about at the trade deadline. Both are pending UFAs. No, Max Domi's not an Olympic team. Obviously, Patrick Kane will play for the Americans, but the continuity. Especially you're a week away from the deadline, you just build it in with Domi and Kane. Just bring them, bring them both in. And again, there's more to it for Kane because he's got the no move. He decides where he goes. But it's hard to build that type of chemistry, I guess, for the Leafs and the Passion Line or the Ontario Line or whatever you want to call them with O'Reilly, Motley Crew, and the Motley Crew uh, with O'Reilly, Tavares, and Marner, who's pretty seamless for them. But when you're a great player and you play with other great players, it's pretty easy. But that's the most challenging part for a team 
looking to acquire a player. Like, you look at Boston, for instance. They trade for Dmitry Orlov. Well, he can slide into any role on a deep on a deep course seamlessly, and I that's think, what I they're open you, for. Like, you, you talk about what these tournaments represent for current players, right? And you heard Ryan O'Reilly talk about after the game against Buffalo, if he's ever, you know, about playing with a guy like Mitch Marner, and he referenced how, you know, in... World Championships that they played together, another Canadian under 17, under 18, whatever. But even when we talked to Braden Shen yesterday about where the where the connection when he got traded to the Blues, you know, was with Ryan O'Reilly talking about how you know he's played in international like World Championship teams and uh, World Cup teams or or World uh, Canada hockey tournaments in the summer. So that is why these tournaments are so important too. To have a to have as a big part of your game is because you allow these other players that play on other teams to you know to build a relationship with certain players in these short tournaments and then somewhere down the road when you're the a team like the Maple Leafs looking to go find someone that's the first thing you try to focus on is okay who's the player that best fits what we what boxes we need to check off and what familiarity does he have with other players on our roster absolutely. Absolutely. And so when you have that, it's, it helps make a, a trade you know, that more feasible for you because you're hoping that a relationship that was built in those tournaments plays out somewhat when it comes to building chemistry with the player on, on your current team. Oh, just imagine Tavares, Marner, and O'Reilly were aligned in the Olympics or in the World Cup of Hockey, which is not the same. And a texter from Nova Scotia pointed that out. The Olympics, you get viewers that wouldn't typically watch hockey tuning in for the Olympics. Yeah. Like, we think back to 2010, Vancouver. I was in London. I was in my yeah. third year university. I still remember that night perfectly. That was a right. international event. And much like it was in 2002 and in 2006 and 2010 and 2014, we're going almost 10 years yeah. between Olympics. And, of course, there was the COVID problem. That was uh, the main issue yeah. uh, last time around. But it, well, it really is just a shame. Hurry but, up and go to break so we can okay. bring on that Pigeon Mac cause. Uh, yeah, we'll get Matthew Cause. into the McDonald's. Matthew Cause on the other side. We'll also get an update from Cheese on how many McMuffins he's crushed. The over-under, two and a half. I'm taking the over minus, what, 400? I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss that uh, on the how other side. Combined. combined. How many 20 oh. fingers and cheese have eaten Yes, yeah, so we got to find some hash browns as well. Those two took them back into the back room. Matt Larkin coming up as well from Daily Faceoff. Our four of first up continues next. Okay. <laughs> Why this song for Well, me? I can tell you. We're back here on First Stop. Uh, Aaron Cruel and the Carlo Koliak. Well, Matthew Cause is on the line. It's one of his favorite songs. Get out of here. He likes Warren Zevon, The Beatles, and Barbie Girl. Is that correct, Matthew? A hundred percent. I was fighting with Darren Dreger earlier this morning. He wanted to have that song when he joined you earlier today. By the end, I said, give it to me, because you can brush my hair. You can undress me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. This is my song to get me pumped for the Leafs in the wild tonight. It does sound a lot more risque when you read the lyrics slowly as opposed to hearing it yeah. in the song. Undress me that's the song that's played at literally every wedding in the last 30 years. And everyone's like, yeah, just dancing and grooving on that track. Matt so, wouldn't know that because he's not a married guy. That is, that is true. But I've been to plenty of weddings. So remember, the next time you're at a wedding and your mom or your old aunt is dancing to this song, remember, at one point, your mom is dancing to Kiss Me Here. 
touch me there. Hanky panky. Just keep that in mind, gentlemen. That's Matthew, that in mind. That's Matthew Cause, the host of Gameplay here on TSN 1050. Before we delve in deep into the world of sports, Matthew, I have to yeah. use your consultation here. Uh, first, I need some advice. I hit a yeah. raccoon today on the way into work. Am I cursed forever? No, no, you're not, because you're in the city of Toronto, so you might be a hero, um, considering they're overrunning our city and uh, taking over every dumpster. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, it stinks. You never want to run over any animal, but no, you you are not cursed. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, you are. You I was are worried. definitely not cursed. I was fine. worried. I don't need. Uh, I don't need any curses. I'm already. I'm already in a big time betting cold streak, Coco, yeah. as you're well aware. Uh, together, you and I, just yeah. ice cold. Very if, ice if cold. my murdering of this raccoon, again, a sorry to the raccoon, was unintentional, obviously. Yeah. Just ran right <laughs> in front of me. And I don't know if it's dead, necessarily. When I go home, and like I'm going to be home in a couple of hours. Uh, well, somebody did text in that raccoons are incredibly resilient, so maybe you might go home and it might have been... When it hits, a, when, it's, when a Santa Fe hits it, it probably uh, doesn't go over so well. <laughs> you, you know what? This will happen. You, Aaron, you're going to go home. You're going to have a nap, the greatest nap ever, the Friday nap after doing morning radio. And you're going to wake up. And you're going to be. <laughs> and you're going to be staring right at that raccoon. Oh, it's no. going to broken into it's your gonna home. It's going to haunt me. The raccoon will haunt me. Little Robbie raccoon. Uh, let's hope it's that's like not the, the case. It's like the scene from Ace Ventura 2, and the movie starts when he's trying to save the raccoon from falling off of the cliff by hanging on a piece of rope, hang gliding across <laughs> from mountain to mountain. And it's the dangerous. last scene is he's holding its paw, and it falls down to its death. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. Matthew? I need to ask you, yeah. did you offer to sell shares to our prestige worldwide company to Kara Wagland and Lindsay Hamilton? Because <laughs> it seems like they are stealing our thunder with their stepbrothers pose yesterday. Yeah, I, I saw that. Shame on them. They know that. I mean, just they're creatively dead inside. We all know that. <laughs> especially, especially Kara. No, I have not sold any of our stock. Our stock is going up. Our stock is the opposite of Bitcoin, of cryptocurrency, of other things that AK probably invested in. No, no, my friend. We are like, uh, we're like Ford. We're like IBM. Ford? We're like GE. Oh we are God. stronger than ever. You could have done we better than that. You got to go like, toss in a Tesla, maybe some Microsoft. Ford, <laughs> Ford and GE. Come on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're the traditional stocks, my friend. We're yeah. the traditional this stocks. This is like 1950 right Blue here. Blue Star. I think Ted Williams is going to have a great year this year, Matthew, for the Red Sox. Could follow up his 400 season with another strong uh, performance. Well, after he took down the Nazis in World War II, the man is coming back to crush some bombs for the Red Sox. <laughs> he did. That's Matthew Cause, the host of Gay Play here on TSN Radio. So old. Uh, there was a tweet that just came across my timeline, and this is a testament to just how soft the world of sports has gotten to. Brent Grant is playing the Honda Classic, and he just withdrew because... He has sinus issues. Oh, my God. Sinus issues. This following yesterday, Matthew. Tylenol can fix? <laughs> Seriously, get by mixing a, uh, a Benadryl. Something? So yesterday, Matt, I'm sure you saw this. The Portland Trailblazers held out Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant, probably their two best players, for rest. Following an eight-day break after the All-Star game. Rest. Couldn't they have made up some kind of lie about why those guys were not playing? So Rest? It's you funny serious? you're saying this and you're asking this to Matt Cause because I was scrolling through my phone the other day trying to create space because I've got a lot of 
um, videos, videos, a lot of them inappropriate that, that you are, send me that are they're taking up a lot of the, the, <laughs> the gigabytes on my phone. And the funny video that I came across was the race in the parking lot between Cause and Fun Tony. Oh, that was Cause great. hurt his hamstring. He, <laughs> he did hurt his hamstring. Those were good times. <laughs> but. Okay, so I'm looking up Brent Grant here. I think he's only made a couple hundred grand, and that's for career earnings two hundred and four thousand. Brent, get some tissues and get out there. <laughs> Seriously, the PGA, yeah, the PGA is given more money than ever before because of live now, and uh, yeah, a sinus issue. And as for Portland, they can't get Victor Wembanyama. They're not bad enough. What the hell are they doing as well? They might as well just go and try to win all these games. This is why some fans are getting upset. This is why if Adam Silver had hair, he'd be tearing it out. It's <laughs> stories like that that just make the NBA look so bad. Well, here's the thing about Matthew Coco. I've been working with Matthew for basically my entire adult life. Only one right. instance I know. I've yeah. seen him pull the shoot at work. That when was he, working with me, wasn't when, it? Well, he collapsed outside of the studio. What, do you got bad shrimp, Matthew? Is that what it is? It was too much popcorn shrimp at Skydo. <laughs> we were in the box for a Jays game, oh, and, you, and you get a you get a big crate of shrimp. Guess what? I'm in the middle of that, and yeah, it took me down. It took me down. And that doesn't so, happen. That doesn't so happen. The very only often. way you could have probably done the show is if you would have had one of those remote units and probably taken uh, Ilya Samsonov's advice and been on the toilet all day because clearly that's what you were experiencing. The problem with that is we've all done that thing. If we're going to get into the cone of honesty here, gentlemen, <laughs> we've all taken a phone call on the toilet, and we all had the same thing. Where we're Wait a minute. Isn't that ourselves. a thing? <laughs> what do you mean we've all done it? That's like the, oh, the normal. I make 90% of my wagers while doing that. That's when I do my best work or worst work, depending on how you look well, at it. But you can always sort of, you always wonder, oh, is the bathroom echo, which is different than the living room echo, is the person on the mm. line, they realize that I am multitasking right now, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, do you know what I find appalling about phone usage in the bathroom? The people that go, are at, using a urinal and will bring out their cellular oh. device while they're urinating. I will Horrible. concede, I've done it. In a public it. urinal? I, oh, dude, it happens all the time. Oh, here here at TSN, you go to the bathroom, and like if someone is using a urinal, 90% chance they have their phone in their hand. That's disgusting. I mean, there's a little, a little spray, it's, and you're like, oh, boy, this is, a, this is a bad idea. It happens a lot more than you think. It's also narcissistic. You're not that important. <laughs> Finish your urination, then continue whatever your phone business is. Also, the toilet's here. Once again, my message to everyone at TSN and CTV and Bell you know, get on a better bowel schedule, okay? Those <laughs> toilets are used way too much around here. As if we didn't learn the word droplet at all in the last oh, three wow. years mm. and what it meant. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know what that means. That is rather, that is rather horrifying. Uh, Matthew, are you a, a Raptors yes. believer? Um, yeah, I. well, it depends. I'm a believer that the Raptors can easily get in and maintain the seven or eight spot i think they'll pass the atlanta hawks they could even pass the miami heat who are every game by miami they either win by two or lose by two the problem is and i think they will get uh, they'll get through the play-in tournament but then what's their ultimate destiny isn't it losing in game seven to either boston or milwaukee that feels like the best case scenario for the team and and maybe big picture that helps to develop um, the the Scotty Barneses and the OG Ananobi. So I'm a believer that that is their ceiling. 
And at the very least, they're going to be a little bit more relevant for the next for the final twenty two games. Here's a hot take that you can utilize on your show this afternoon, Matthew. The Raptors Dog. should sit Jakob Pertle for the rest of the year because he is inflating his free agent value too much with his recent performances. I say that in a joking manner, but not really. Like he's playing way better than anybody could have possibly imagined. Twenty-one yes. and eighteen last night. He had that thirty-point performance. What on seventeen of nineteen shooting just last week? I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. And I'm sure Ujiri had these aspirations. Oh, we can bring in Pirtle. We'll re-sign Trent and Van Vliet. Now he must be like, uh-oh. Like, what if we have to give Jakob Pirtle if he has this like the impact that he's had on Toronto in a, in the short time? And again, they're playing some mediocre teams. But the statistical output is undeniable. He's been incredible, Matt. He, he has been. And if you go back and look at that fourth quarter, the Raptors were the normal Raptors offense. It stunk. Siakam was like one of seven. The only reason that they were able to hold off and win that game against the Pelicans is what Pirtle did in the fourth quarter. He was the only guy hitting shots and getting rebounds. And I think the more interesting bigger picture thing, and this feels like it's going to be my opening thought today, is the Raptors went into the year we're going to be the unconventional team. No centers here. No point guards. Don't put us in a box. We're all, except for Fred Van Vliet, we're all going to be 6'9 with giant wingspans. And it wasn't working. And what's working for the Raptors? The old traditional um, get us a big man, get us a center who can just stabilize things on both ends of the court. And so far through four games, we've seen it. A couple of texts coming in about this raccoon thing, man. They are rather harrowing. How don't you uh, see? How do you not see a raccoon while driving? You murderer! That's true. That's what, what I mean. It's pretty easy. Back. It's it's five thirty in the morning. I'm pulling out and just jump right in front of the car. And then another text coming from Toronto. AK is going to go home, and the raccoon will be waiting on his porch. Fortunately, that is not the case. I do oh, yeah. not have a porch, so uh, that Fondo won't be a concern. You're going to get out of the shower, and you know, like in every movie, like the, the, your your mirror is going to be all steamed up, yeah. and then you're going to wipe it with your hand, and in the reflection, it's going to be a raccoon with a giant knife ready to take oh, you down. Oh, no. Let's hope that's not the case. Uh, that is horrifying. Matthew, we cannot reveal our plans this evening live on the radio, but I just wanted to invite you over to my house prior to our departure. Al's brother is coming by. Would love for what? you to come as well. Oh, my God. I love a good pre-drink. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Let's say around maybe yeah. 530, 6 o'clock. Can you make that happen? Of course. I'd hop on the King Street car. He's I'll gonna, be there in no time. He's going to do the show from my house. <laughs> which, you, which you could. Yeah, you could do that. Can you, get, can you reveal the outfit that you are choosing to wear for tonight? Um, brown jacket, tight. Matthew. I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Brown Are you gonna jacket. do not wear the brown jacket, please? <laughs> First off, how dare you? That brown jacket's awesome. I'm just. I, you know what? I'm not gonna give it away. I'm just gonna use words. Okay, okay. Just some words. Tight, leopard, Ooh. sexual, um, maybe over the line. <laughs> Skin midriff. <laughs> you know, these are just some of the words. Those are good uh, words. The, yeah. yeah, you're going to be the, right. uh, the, star, the, star, the, star, the star of the party. Mid midriff. That's a word I associate with Matthew Cause. Yeah. Midriff Matthew. That's his nickname in McMaster. 1980s um, college football. With like the my like with just every every defensive tackle had a uh, the midriff the cutoff jersey. Can't wait! I, I was like told that. it's a cash bar tonight, Matt. So make uh, <laughs> make, sure, make sure to bring ten grand. 
Oh, <laughs> you hear him? Yeah. Don't worry. Oh, uh, That's not how we roll. He's going to be stuffing Wait bottles of wine in his pocket. <laughs> he's going to bring it. Hey, do you have any... Uh, can, what, what's your corkage fee at this establishment, sir? Uh, guys, I, I just heard Cash Bar. Uh, i got to have to pull a Brent Grant. I nice. got a sinus, sinus issue. Yeah. Well done, and, Matthew. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, uh, I don't know if I'll... Uh, I'll be able to make it. I got I got to rest. You know, <laughs> nice, so good call. Well, can't bar. wait to see uh, you and Al's yeah. brother. Manage yourself. Quite baby. the pre-drink. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we will see you later, Matthew. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Absolutely, gentlemen. Have a great rest of the show, and I'll see you soon. All right, nice. pal. Thank Bye, you pal. very much, Matthew Cause from Gameplay. Dan from Georgetown. Another comment that disparages me. You were probably putting on your makeup. Dan, we're doing morning radio. No makeup here. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, we'll save that for, uh, you know, when we have to do my uh, photo shoot. There's a lot of makeup. It was an extensive process. Oh, yeah. They're like, you must do makeup. You are heinous without it. Okay, that's what, that wasn't exactly the words they used, but that's what they were implying. We have Matt Larkin joining us on the other side. We'll get Matt's, Matt's thoughts on the big trade made last night between the Bruins and the Capitals. And what the Toronto Maple Leafs might be up to seven days until the deadline. That's next on First Up. Hour number four of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Korolnik and Koliakovo with you. No trades yet this morning in the NHL. It's disappointing. We've been on such a great run. Started with Bo Horvat being traded to the Islanders. We saw Tarasenko traded to the Rangers. Of course, the Maple Leafs made a huge deal uh, with Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari coming into the fold from St. Louis. And then late last night, maybe like 8 o'clock or so, a big deal made by the Boston Bruins, the best team in the NHL. They trade for Dmitry Orlov, who might not be the most sexy name to bring in, but he's a top-four D-man and someone who they could absolutely rely on in a big situation. I think it's a very sexy name. You talk about impact, top four, top pairing defensemen. This guy's won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. Probably going to get a big contract um, at the end of the season. I mean, if you would have, if, if we would have known that he was a name that was potentially available, I think he would have been right at the top of the list. And man, did the Bruins do some savvy business getting that deal done. And it almost... It's a very similar deal than what the, the to what the Maple Leafs made. I mean, you think about yep. the two the, the, the two players that they acquired for the package that went back, eerily similar to the Maple Leafs. And that's where we'll start with our next guest. He is the managing editor and senior writer at Daily Faceoff. It's Matt Larkin here on the show. What's up, Matt? Oh, hi, guys. How you doing? I'm excited. It was quite the day yesterday, and let's hope there's still some meat on the bone by the time we get to the deadline. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Next week, we'll see. Seven days from today, I guess Timo Meyer's still out there, Jacob Chikrin's still out there, maybe Carlson, maybe some guys we haven't even thought of. But let's look back at last night. Orlov goes to Boston, and this has been something we've been discussing throughout the course of this morning, as you can imagine. You know, a lot of Leaf talk here, Matt. So... If you were the Maple Leafs, the better package to have acquired before the deadline, O'Reilly and Achari or Orlov and Garnet Hathaway, who were traded or acquired by the Boston Bruins, which package would you have preferred if you were the Leafs? Ooh, great question, because both sort of address, in theory, team needs of the Leafs. You could argue that Ryan O'Reilly was more of a luxury for a team that's already pretty strong up the middle. And I do think the Leafs need to add another defenseman, and especially if you had an Orloff, for example, on the left side, that could get T.J. Brody back over to the right side when everybody's healthy. So I still think that's a need that Kyle Dubas has to find a way to address. That said, 
if you believe in the superstition, the juju around the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you want someone who is clutch, who has that je ne sais quoi, the ability to win in clutch situations, the consummate trophy winner, I think I support the addition of Ryan O'Reilly. It's not just recency bias because he's on fire already, but when you get to those deep waters, when you need one goal, if you're in a situation like last year where you're one goal away from eliminating the Tampa Bay Lightning, you want a Ryan O'Reilly out there. So I think that deal works for the Leafs, and I think what Boston did works very well for them. They really answered the bell. It seems like everybody in the Eastern Conference is loading up right now. Matt, in the Daily Faceoff, you wrote uh, uh, an article of your first impression grades on the Orlov-Hathaway trade. Do you mind sharing uh, how you graded that for both teams? And after that, uh, what type of next move do you expect from the Washington Capitals? Yeah, of course. So I give the Boston Bruins an A-plus on this trade. I think it was a stroke of genius from Don Sweeney. The fact that you're able to get Craig Smith's cap hit out and you bring in, in Orlov, an option that is superior to Vladislav Gavrikov, who the Bruins were supposed to be targeting, right? Orlov, I think, is much better on the offensive side of the bike. He can do a lot of what Gavrikov can do defensively. You can put him on the top pair if you want. You can load that up with Charlie McAvoy. That could be one of the best defensive pairings in the NHL immediately. And in Hathaway, you bring in someone who I think, of course, is extremely physical, but also is underrated as a defensive player in a checking role. And I reference in the story, the big bad Bruins. That's not really what this team's identity is anymore. I think they've become a less physical team. They have a lot of finesse. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. So you're bringing back some sandpaper to put in the top nine or maybe the top 12 if he's on the fourth line. And I think you've really diversified this team. The Bruins, I don't think, really needed depth at forward because they got two really strong forward lines. So I think the best team in the NHL answered the bell with that trade, got a lot better. And bringing in the Minnesota Wild as a third-party broker, you're only paying $1.275 million for a top-pair caliber defenseman, Dmitry Orlov. Extremely impressive. From the Capitals' side of the trade, I give them a C-. I think it was a mature decision from Brian McClellan, the general manager. He understands this team does not have the horses. It's the oldest team in the NHL. It's extremely banged up. I don't think this team is going anywhere in terms of a deep playoff run, have not won a playoff series since they won the Cup in 2018. So this is the right decision. You have so many pending UFAs on that roster, but did they get enough? That is what I, I kind of wonder here, because Orlov, it sounds like he was not available all this time because it, it was sort of a later decision. The Capitals were still in the hunt a couple of weeks ago. And could you not have shopped around and gotten a better price, gotten at least a prospect as part of this return? A first-round pick you get, but Boston's going to win the President's Trophy. That's a glorified second-round pick. It's at the end of the round. And you're also trading Hathaway. So I'm a bit disappointed. I think the decision to sell is correct by Washington, but the return is underwhelming. Our guest is Matt Larkin from the Daily Faceoff. And it doesn't sound like the Caps are necessarily done. Pierre Lebrun tweeting out our TSN Hockey Insider this morning that the Caps were having contract talks with Nick Jensen and Eric Gustafson, two of their defensemen. And Pierre wonders if they still try to sign Jensen or Gustafson or trade one or both now. So to bring it back to the Leafs, maybe Kyle Dubas waiting it out until the last minute. There could be a lot more defensemen on the market, Matt, than we thought. And I think that also ties back to Gavrikov. As you mentioned, sounded like Boston and Gavrikov was a done deal. They go out and trade for Orlov. All of a sudden, Columbus is like, okay, who wants Gavrikov? And now Washington's got defensemen up for grabs. We know Luke Shen is out there. Maybe there's more defensemen on the market than we anticipated. That's right. And if you're Columbus, that had to sting yesterday. You have to wonder if the asking price has to come down. We know it was supposedly something similar to what they got for David Savard a couple years back. So first-round pick would have been involved. 
But now that's basically what the price is set for the Orloff package. Maybe you have to ask for less for Gavrikov. And I agree. If I'm the Leafs, I'm looking at some of these discount defensemen. Nick Jensen is a guy who's really underrated as a shutdown player. I totally and I agree. Think it's exactly the yeah exactly right. It's the type of player the Leafs have needed for a long time. He can play the right side. I think that would be a perfect addition. You got the cap hit two and a half million dollars. The Leafs are obviously entering the sort of salary cap cap dancing zone, but we don't know what's going to happen with Matt Murray's cap hit and whether the Leafs would have to send out some money. Maybe you have to sacrifice an Alex Kerfoot to get money going the other way. We'll see. But I think Jensen's a perfect example. I think if you're Kyle Dubas, you have to look closely at Jake McCabe in Chicago as well, because we know the Blackhawks are likely to be willing to eat 50% of that cap hit, which brings them down to $2 million. That makes an unbelievable bargain there for a player that still has term left. And I'm sure the Leafs would love to be able to bring in a guy with terms. So those are the type of defensemen, if I'm the Leafs, I'm looking at. I don't think you need, for example, an Eric Gustafson, who's more of a puck mover. I think you need that shutdown guy. Because right now, I think they're still looking pretty thin, especially on the right side going into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I share the same uh, vision as you when it comes to Jensen. I really like him. I never thought he'd be a player that would be available considering we're Washington was in the playoff race. But if they're going into sell mode, he's definitely a guy I would target if I'm the Maple Leafs. Jake McCabe, look, nothing against the guy. I love him as a kid. I I played with him his first year in Buffalo, but he doesn't fit the type of player that Duvis has focused on to rebuild this team this season. You talk about the Matt Murray edition. Say what you want about his health, but he's got the playoff resume. You know, Ryan O'Reilly and Achari have the playoff resume. Jake McCabe has no playoff games in his career. Uh, to me, that, that would sort of... Um, you know, shift my focus into a different direction and find a guy that's played playoff games and that has understood, you know, the pressures that it takes to play in those switches, especially in this market with this team where, let's be honest, it's the pressure cooker of any teams in the playoffs once the playoffs rolls around because of the success they need to have this year uh, compared to uh, the, the the failures that they've had in the last couple of years. So we'll see how this plays out. I think that's this is the interesting thing of these next couple of days um, you know, share is what new teams pop up and what new players become available. And I think the Leafs definitely have to get in on, on the defensive market. And, and you talk about Jensen too. He's probably going to be a lot more cost, uh, effective too. Like I, I, I can't see him going for a multiple, you know, package of picks and probably would be more cost certainty for, for the Maple Leafs, don't you think? I agree, especially with McCabe. The fact that the Hawks are willing to eat some of that salary, it becomes an extremely valuable player. So you could argue maybe, He's priced himself out of what the Leafs can afford, whereas Jensen's a rental. And I agree, he's got more of the deep water experience. Obviously, he wasn't there for the cup run in 2018, but he's been on the, the Capitals for four playoff runs in a row. So at least he has some big game experience. And it is what the Leafs are looking for. And again, if you trace it back to Ryan O'Reilly, I think that's why he's such an important addition, because you could see this team in a situation now where they're in overtime of a game six, a game seven. They go back to the room, and they now have a guy who says, guys, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. I've been in these deep waters. I won the Conn Smythe Trophy. We can do this, right? So having more of those voices, players with rings, I think it's a little intangible that's important. So it's not necessarily the 
the type of bent we've seen in Dubis's moves in the past, but I think he understands it's time to get more desperate and do everything possible to get this team over the hump. Matt, we're seeing some reporting in a Pittsburgh this morning from Rob Rossi that, I don't know if dissension is the right word, maybe disagreement between the GM, Ron Hextall, and the coach, Mike Sullivan, with regards to how to approach the trade deadline. Yeah. Sounds like Sullivan's like, let's go get some players. He wants Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, he wants Jacob Chikrin. I will, let's get some players to help us improve. And sounds like Hextall is very resistant to the idea of trading future draft picks. Who do you think wins this power struggle here in Pittsburgh? And what do you make of the Penn situation right now? Yeah, it's funny. I actually was doing a Pittsburgh radio show yesterday, and I said I needed to take an Advil first because I don't think there's a team <laughs> in a tougher situation than the Pittsburgh Penguins because yeah. you set the precedent in the summer. You re-sign Pittsburgh of Getty Malkin long-term. That message says we're letting it ride. We're going for it all the way until our generational superstars finally age out. So now when you have Ron Hextall publicly indicating a couple weeks ago that he was reluctant to move a first-round pick, it's a really contradictory message. And that's a team that's really caught in the middle in terms of where they are. They're mired in mediocrity. They have not been able to get over the hump and win a playoff series in years. They're regularly one of the smallest teams in the NHL. They get pushed around. They're a good regular season team. They always get nudged out in the playoffs because they don't have enough physicality. And you're sort of floating along right now, battling as they are every year now, just for the right to get kind of pushed out in that first round. So I think you either have to acknowledge this team doesn't have the horses and maybe consider selling. You do have guys like Brian Dumoulin and even Christian Jarry's the pending UFA, or you have to flick the switch and go for it. Try to load up because you already indicated in the summer, you still want to win when you need those re-signings with the Penguins. I think what's unique to their situation is I think they're a team that would be wise to look at players with term because if they're, like I said, they brought back their stars. They're going to try and stay competitive a few more years. To me, that is the type of team that should be looking at a Timo Meyer or maybe even a Brock Besser, an impact player that can actually help them for more than one season. Matt, you and your team at the Daily Faceoff will have everything covered. Make sure to check them out. Matt is the managing editor and senior writer at the Daily Faceoff. Thank you for doing this. Have yourself a great weekend. Hopefully, the trades will be plentiful for us, Matt. That's right. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. And, yeah, hopefully the trade is to slow it down a little. Let's pace ourselves and have something to write about every day. <laughs> One a day, GMs. One Amen. a day. Amen. Uh, again, Matt And then Larkin. 20 on trade deadline. Yes, we need a big day on uh, on trade deadline. What's the deal here on trade deadline here? Are you, weren't you doing the show on uh, next Friday? I am. Yeah, it's going to be a long day for yeah, next and Friday. The- I'm going to need my own... Like uh, Carafe of, uh, of McDonald's? McDonald's again, because i got to do the morning show. Then I jump right on the Trade Center from 10 till probably 6. Oof. And then I have a CHL Connor Bedard game at 8 o'clock that night. So It's a good thing it's a Friday. Good thing it's because Friday. I would demand that you have a replacement for the next, <laughs> next day yeah. if it was a weekday. Oh, I wouldn't work the next day. No, now. that's, that's going to be tough. When you're going to yeah. get home and but it's one take of the, an Uber Honest back to home. God, man, it's, it's one of the, it's it's one the one most fun. best days to work. Again, I've been working TSM for a long time. The, cool, the two coolest days... Working here are trade deadline day and free agent yeah. day because everybody's it's here. It's hectic. It's so cool to see the behind the scenes. I just stand there waiting. I'm like, God, Duthie. I mean, maybe like he has a headache. He needs to take the, a couple he segments a off. I'll say, because of cramp. All right, Aaron, you're in. And I'm like, all right, here we go. So, CFL talk on free agent for yeah. I just can't see that happening. All right, James. I know, Me neither. I Me neither. Maybe he'll take one of your screen awards away. Yeah. I'll have um, one of eight. Look, I. I love the fact that we're seeing a lot of creativity happen in the NHL because I think people are starting to understand trades is what the league needs. I mean, you see the fan reaction. You see the, the, the fans responding and the buzz that is being created around trades. I think 
as we move closer here, you're going to see a flurry of trades. It almost reminds me of like my fantasy hockey league that I'm in. Last Sunday was their trade deadline. And I think I, I think I should win an award for the amount of trades that I made. I think the total number was nine trades. You made I nine? Made. Dude, where do you have yes. time to make and, nine And deals? we have a salary cap in our league, wow, too. So it's like, it's crazy. It was, I will say. Uh, I mean, pretty awesome. Pittsburgh and Chikrin makes a ton of sense. Two years left on his deal. That's two more runs with Crosby, Malkin, Chikrin makes a lot of sense yeah, for a I lot mean, of teams. It makes sense for everybody. They won't trade him. For a lot of teams. They will not. why I can't understand why he hasn't been traded yet. Another thing that makes sense... Listening and tailing my fan duel best bets. I'll reveal them next. Time now for today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. But in all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting Minnesota tonight, a team that played yesterday in Columbus. They're playing the second half of back to back in Toronto tonight. Ryan O'Reilly, minus 110 to record a point. He's playing with Marner and Tavares. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Backup goalie in for Minnesota. Gustafson's good, but maybe not the same level as Marc-Andre Fleury. In spite of uh, pretty similar performances this year, uh, I would take O'Reilly to record a point in a very simple fashion. Just do it. It's O'Reilly. He's hot, and he gets on the board tonight. Good value. I'm also on the Florida Panthers tonight. Wow. A total of 7.5 for Florida against Buffalo. Buffalo playing their third game in four nights. They're coming off a very emotional win at Tampa. 6-5 in overtime. Labushkin. Labushkin, the OT winner there. Uka, Pekka, Lukanen expected to start in goal for the Sabres against Sergei Bobrovsky. I'll ride with the Panthers here. And lastly, I'm going to take the under of six and a half goals between the New York Islanders and the LA Kings. Both teams have been trending under a lot of late. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Fantastic work from our favorite technical staff here on First Up. Cheese and 20 Fingers. Great work this week, fellas. You guys crushed it as always. And you also crushed a ton of bacon and egg McMuffins. So what? get on the mic, Cheese. What was the total number for you and the combined? Oh, I, I was respectable. I had two. I had, I, I had two sandwiches, two hash browns, and I'm probably going to go for coffee number three. I know oh, that'll we make got, you we have happy. A, we have a carafe in here, Cheese. Why don't we pour it like, you know, it's like a keg stand <laughs> on Cheese and see how that works. Hold Cheese up like yeah, a keg Hold stand Cheese up with coffee. Just pour coffee down. Yeah, so. you, you get some rest today, buddy. You deserve it. You did terrific work all week. We'll be back on Monday morning, perhaps. With some stories to tell about the weekend that was. Yeah, perhaps. I think there will be stories to tell for sure. Thank you to our audience. Thank you to McDonald's. And thank you to Madison Brotman from Toronto, who won our Raptors ticket giveaway via the First Up podcast. Make sure to subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow. Nope. Oh, we almost certainly will not be. Definitely not. We'll be back on Monday. Monday, we'll be back. Have a great weekend, folks. The timing of this meal, or of this deal, 